You know, I'm going to say something that uh, anytime you have something good and you have it over and over again, you kind of take it for granted. Um, Y'all have a really, really fine worship band here at Willow Bend. Did you know that? You really do. You really do. And uh, just just wanted to say that because I've I've been in churches that that thought they did. And we'll just leave it at that, okay? (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Oh, my goodness. You know, this morning I want to talk to you about making decisions. And I'm reminded of this little boy who lived uh, next door to a man who had this beautiful apple orchard. But he was a mean old man. And he told the kids in the neighborhood, do not steal my apples. Do not have anything to do with my apples. Those are my apples. Those are not your apples. You leave my apples alone. And one day, the man came out to his backyard, and he was looking, and he looked across the fence, and he saw this little boy sitting on the fence, and he was just staring at one of the apples hanging on the tree. And the rough old man came up, and he said, Young man, are you trying to steal one of my apples? And the little boy said, No, sir, I'm trying just as hard as I can not to steal one of your apples, (laughs) because I want your apple." Today, let's talk about how we can make successful decisions. Now, I'm going to hit you with a lot of Scripture today. And sometimes when we hear a lot of Scripture, we just kind of let it roll in one ear and out the other, and we think, oh, that was a nice saying, or that's good. I want you to remember, every single Scripture is inspired by God. It's God-breathed. And so sometimes we can get all spiritual, and if a scripture is very practical, we think it's not as important. Well, if it's God-breathed, it's important. Amen? It's the Word of God. It is the living God Himself giving us direction on how we should live. And so today, as we go through these, and we will go through them quickly, don't take them for granted. They are God's living holy word about how we should live. How can we make successful decisions? I, I, you know, uh, if you want to take notes, today is a good day to make a list because you're not going to remember all these, but I think the, the, the list is good. You know, most preachers have three, three points in a poem. Well, you know, today we have, I think it's eight points. So, you know, just settle back, get comfortable. We're going to be here a while. No. Number one, pray for guidance. Number one, pray for guidance. The principle of inspiration. Proverbs 28, 26. A man is a fool to trust himself, but those who use God's wisdom are safe. Now notice the contrast there. If you trust yourself, what does the Bible say? You're a fool. But if you follow God's guidance, what does it say? You're safe. A fool or safe? A fool or safe? Proverbs 2, 6. It is the Lord who gives wisdom. Now, now, wisdom is different from knowledge. I believe this with all of my heart, guys. My grandparents were some of the wisest people I've ever known. Neither one of them went to college. They barely had high school, you know, degrees or the equivalent thereof. 
They didn't have a lot of book learning. They didn't have a lot of knowledge, but they had a whole lot of wisdom. I think our world today is kind of turned upside down on that. We have never been more educated people in the history of our country, and yet wisdom is in short supply. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we go to some school just because it's a fancy school and it's got all these names and you listen to a guy that has a bunch of letters behind him and we think that he has the secrets to life and, and he doesn't know anything when it comes to what really matters in this life. I know. I have a few letters after my name, you know. <laughs> and I know a lot of guys like that. Listen. Pray for guidance, the principle of inspiration. Ask God to lead you. Question, have you ever made a decision without asking for guidance? Yeah, we all have. Okay, I'm sorry, foolish. Foolish. Not safe. When we make decisions without asking God. For guidance. Number two, get the facts. The principle of information. Get the facts. Listen to what the Bible says. Proverbs 13, 16. Every prudent man acts out of knowledge. Every prudent man acts out of knowledge. Proverbs 18, 13. What a shame, yes, how stupid to decide before knowing the facts. <laughs> wow, that's about as clear as it gets, amen? How foolish. What a shame to make a decision without getting the facts. Proverbs 23, 23. Get the facts at any price. Get the facts at any price. Question. Have you ever made a decision without getting all the facts? Yeah, sure you have. But why would you? Well, that's too much trouble. You know, getting the facts is not always easy. It takes work. It takes discipline. It takes patience. Well, I'm not going to be able to find that out till next week, but I want to make the decision now. Sometimes we have to wait and get the facts. Sometimes we don't need all the facts in, you know, situations like, okay, hmm, should I go into uh, the drug selling business? Should I do that? No, don't need to, no, I don't need to get all the facts about that. That's just wrong. I know it's wrong. I don't have to have all the facts. I can just say no. But for a lot of things, we need to get the facts so that we can make a good decision. Number one, pray for guidance. Number two, get the facts. Number three, ask for advice. It's the principle of consultation. Uh, you know, this is not always easy. I mean, we have our pride, don't we? We, we, we don't want to... To, to ask for advice. Uh, you know, ladies, how many of your husbands have a hard time asking for directions, you know, when they're going someplace? Uh, we, we don't want to ask. We just want to go, uh, you know, uh, hush. I know where I'm going. Leave me alone. I know what I'm doing, you know. You know what my big deal is? I don't mind asking for directions. That's not one of my problems. I, you know, I, I've... I've wasted enough time in my life to where now I'm okay with asking directions, okay? But, but here's my deal. When I have to put something together, I will skim those instructions and then I'm into it, man. 
And then I look up and I've got three screws left and I go, oh, oh, where do these guys go? You know, but when it's really important, I mean, when it's really, really important, we need to ask for advice. Proverbs 24, 6, the more good advice you get, the more likely you are to win. Wow. (laughs) The more good advice you get, the more likely you are to win. That's the word of God speaking. Proverbs twenty eighteen. get good advice and you will succeed. Proverbs eighteen fifteen. the intelligent man is always open to new ideas. In fact, he's looking for them. Well, that goes completely against, you know, what some people say the, fam- the last seven last words of the church are. You know, we've never done it that way before. A wise man is looking for new ideas. He's looking for new things, new ways to do things. Now, that doesn't mean we ever change the message. The message is always the same. But if there are new ways to get that message out, well, ask for advice. Guys, I want to tell you something. I can look back on times in my ministry where if I had not asked for advice, I would have absolutely run my car into the ditch. I had four guys that I really looked up to. Two of them are dead now. Two of them are still alive. And and, and going back to my last church, I I won't go into all the details, although you would find it juicy and and you would find it uh, very interesting. But I was having trouble with this guy in the church, and he was giving me problems, and, 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 and we were having problems, and we were getting ready to go into this capital campaign, and he was fighting me every step of the way. And I called up one of my mentors, and I said, man, I, this is what's going on, and this is what I'm going to do. And he started laughing on the phone, and I said, what are you laughing at me for? He said, well, what you want to do, that's going to feel good for about 15 minutes, and then you're going to have a bigger problem than you've got now. He said, let me tell you what to do. And he gave me some advice. And you know what? I followed his advice and it worked. You know what? It wasn't what I would have done. <laughs> it was, I said, why do I want to do that? He said, well, let me explain. And he went into the story. And, and you know what? His advice helped me to neutralize a guy that was trying to derail that church moving forward. And it worked. And there was nothing wrong. There was nothing shady about it, nothing wrong about it. He, but I would have never, ever, ever had that kind of wisdom. I know that's hard for you to believe, but I wouldn't have, okay? <laughs> I would have never had that kind of wisdom if I hadn't called a guy that, that could give me good advice. And so I did, and I listened. And, and, and you know, question, do you ever seek wise counsel? Do you ever seek wise counsel? Are you one of those guys, I know it all? Because you know what? The more you think you know it all, the less you know. I'm just telling you, okay? Don't be offended, but that's the truth. So, so, so do you ever seek wise counsel? Seeking wise counsel is really a sign of intelligence. It's a, t- a sign of success. Uh, let, me, let me put it to you like this. The most important jobs in the whole world are the ones that have the most advisors. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. And so, 
Seek wise counsel. Are you open to new ideas? Are you open to people giving you new ideas? Seek wise counsel. So number one, pray for guidance. Number two, get the facts. Number three, ask for advice. Number four, set your goals, the principle of selection. This is the process of deciding, you know, what's really important? What is really important? What is my main objective? Is it to make a difference or is it just not to offend anybody, you know? What do I want in this life? We all know we cannot be great at everything, maybe not even really good at many things. So, So we select what we will put our time and our talents and our energies into. A few years ago, I had more time, okay? Uh, well, you know, I, was, I wasn't married. I, I, I didn't have a full-time job at the time. I was, you know, consulting and doing, I had a lot of free time. Anyway, and I decided I was going to get better at golf. And you know what I did? I got better at golf. But, but, but when my life got busier again, I realized that, that I did not have that time or energy to invest in my golf game, and guess what? I'm back to where I was and even worse, I think. But you know what? That doesn't bother me. It's okay. Because, because I realize that, that for me to get better in golf, I've got, to, I've got to invest time and energy and money that quite honestly I just don't have a whole lot of right now and and that's okay because that's not a real priority for me what's a priority for you what's the priority for you because let me tell you something you can't be great at everything you can't be really good at a whole lot of things what do you want to be the most important things in your life now yesterday I had a great day. I was telling the guys in the back, I had a great day. I mean, for me, it was a great day. We're moved into the house. Everything's in its place. Uh, You know, Melissa has a job on Saturday afternoons. To To make a long story short, there was nothing I had to do. I started twitching a little bit, you know. You know, just thinking, what am I supposed to be doing that I'm not doing, you know? And I didn't have anything I had to do. And so, you know, what did I do? I watched college football. And it was glorious. (laughs) Even though my Aggies are really, really bad this year, it was still glorious, okay? But, But, you know, I started thinking, what... What if my goal was to get something done yesterday? What if my goal was to... Well, you know what? I took the path of least resistance yesterday and I did what was easy and what came naturally. And, and, and what, if, what if my goal was to get some things done? Now, I did get some things done. You know, I, I, could, I, I had a list of about five things that I needed to do and I got them done, but that didn't take very long. But, but my whole point is, guys, if you don't watch out, your whole life can be like my yesterday afternoon. If you don't watch out, if you don't decide what's going to be important to you, then you're going to follow the path of least resistance. And you're going to look up one day and you're going to go, wow, I didn't get any of that stuff that I wanted to get done done. Well, no, you didn't because you sat on the couch watching college football. You know, that's, that's the example. You get what I'm saying. 
And so we've got to make a decision. What's important to us? What's important? And, and, and are we going to, to give ourselves to those things? Uh, listen to this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added to you. Let's, let's paraphrase that. Let's look at that a little differently. Select to be a great follower of Jesus Christ. Let that be what you really want, and every other good thing will come your way. You hear what I'm saying? Decide to be a great follower of Jesus Christ. Let that be what you really want, and everything else will fall into place. Question. Proverbs 17, 24, I'm sorry. An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. Oh, my goodness. How many times have I acted foolishly, starting off in many directions, because I hadn't decided what the direction that I should go was? And so I'm going to cover my bases, right? I don't know exactly where I'm going, so I'm going to cover my bases and go in lots of different directions. Well, the Bible says that's foolish. That's foolish. Set your goals, the the principle of selection. Number five, hear this, guys. Count the cost. Count the cost, the principle of evaluation. Before any decision is made, we must decide if it's worth it. If my return on my investment is worth the investment, is it worth it? I don't know how many times when I was a pastor, I'd be sitting there uh, in a nursing home or, or, or close to, to, you know, the bed, the deathbed, and, and somebody would look at me and say, you know, Pastor, if I, if I had it to do over again, I'd do it different. If I had it to do over again, I'd have different priorities. I remember one guy said, you know, I thought that life was just going to last forever. And there would always be time to do these other things. He said, guess what? There's not always time. There's not always time. Count the cost of what you're investing in. Before any decision is made, we must decide if if it's worth it. Is it worth it? Proverbs 20.25 says this. It is a trap for a man to dedicate something to dedicate himself to something rashly and only later consider his vows. You hear that? It's a trap to commit yourself to something before counting the cost. Question, have you ever committed to something or got yourself into something without counting the cost? <laughs> I'll bet you have. <laughs> I bet you have. You know, that's one of the, that's one of the biggest uh, stumbling blocks for, for a lot of people to get heavily involved in the church. You know, I don't know how many times I heard when I was a pastor, they would say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I made that mistake once. I'm not doing it again. I committed to being a part of that, and, and, and I'm not doing that again. It, 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 it was more work than I thought it was. And you know what? Sometimes we can, be, we can be guilty of not telling everybody everything that, you know, it involves because we want them to say yes, and, oh, well, they'll find out later, <laughs> you know. They'll find out later. We don't need to be that way. You know, we need to let people count the cost. Uh, 
And you need to do that because you know what? That is not ungodly. That is a godly thing to count the cost. God has given you free will. And he's given you the ability to choose how you're going to live your life and what you're going to invest your life in. Be smart about it. Be smart about it. You know, I really believe when I get up to heaven, I'm sure, I'm sure that if I, if I ever have this conversation with Jesus, he's going to say, you know, Dale, that was a good thing. But you know what? If you had really been seeking me, you could have done the best thing instead of that good thing. Because maybe, just maybe, the best thing for you was not that good thing that you did. You ever thought about that? Or do you even think that way? Well, if you don't, you need to start. Because the Lord wants you to do His will. Okay, count the cost. Number six, plan for problems. Plan for problems. Now, I know there are preachers on television that will tell you that if you follow God's will, there ain't going to be no problems. That ain't true. How do you like that for good old Texas English? That ain't true. Fact of the matter is, you follow God's will, there will be problems. Why are you better than Jesus Christ? Jesus was the only thing that Jesus did the whole time he was on this earth was follow his Father's will. Did that get him in any trouble? Darn right, people wanted to kill him, and they did. What about Moses? He get in any trouble? Yeah, sure he did. What about Isaiah? Any problems there? Yeah. What about Peter? Well, yeah. What about Paul? What about James? And the list goes on and on and on and on. You you, you want to know why? Because this world is not our Father's world right now. This world is controlled by evil forces. Now, not ultimately. Not ultimately. Ultimately, God is in control, and we know that. And one of these days, He's going to come back in power and glory, and all accounts are going to be made right. But guys, make no mistake... If you follow the Lord's will in your life, there's going to be problems in your life. It's going to happen. And, 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 and I, it just drives me nuts that people think it won't. It drives me nuts that people listen to guys on television that say it won't. Because why are we better than all these great people in the Bible? Proverbs 20, 18b, don't go charging into battle without a plan. Proverbs 22, 3, a prudent man foresees the difficulties ahead and prepares for them. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Here again, prudent, (laughs) simpleton. Plan for the problems. Planning makes sense. And yet it takes time, it takes energy, it takes work. It's not easy. You know what doesn't make sense to me? And and this is probably going to, if it doesn't hit you right between the eyes, it's probably going to nick your shoulder, okay? Because it has mine, okay? But think about this. How many times do we as Christians say, Now, Lord, this is what we want to do. And we're going to ask you to bless what we want to do. 
And we know that if it's really your will, we won't have any problems. Yeah. How, how, how utterly silly is that? Man, if it's God's will, we won't have any problems. Here again, Jesus was doing God's will. Moses was doing God's will. Isaiah was doing God's will. Paul was doing God's will. Peter was doing God's will. James was doing God's will. And all of them had problems. And so, plan for problems. Or just don't be shocked when they come. Jesus tells us in Matthew 33, this is the words of Jesus. You know, some people, when towards the latter end of my pastorate, some people would say, well, you know, I know what the Bible says, but the only thing I really, really look for is those red letters. Because what Jesus says is, is, you know, that's the only thing I really... Well, look what Jesus says. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's Jesus Christ speaking. That's your red letters. Plan for problems. Number seven, face your fears. The principle of fortification. Proverbs 29, 25. Fear of man is a dangerous trap, but to trust God means safety. Proverbs 14, 26. Reverence for the Lord gives a confidence and a security to a man and his family. What fears may be keeping you from doing what God wants you to do. What fears may be keeping you from doing what God wants you to do? Are you facing them? Are you running from them? Okay. And then finally, this is the principle I call go for it or say no to it. (laughs) Go for it or say no to it. Make a decision. Go for it. Or say no to it. You know, Nike had a very effective advertising campaign several years ago. What did it say? Just do it. Just do it. Very effective campaign. What I'm saying to you today is when you're faced with a decision, make the decision. Pray for guidance. Get the facts. Ask for advice. Set your goals. Count the cost. Plan for problems. Face your fears. And then go for it or say no to it. You know, there are, there are things in this life that you need to say no to. Did you know that? <laughs> there are really good things in this life you need to say no to. There are fabulous ministries out there you need to say no to. Because God has a plan for you. If it's a wonderful ministry and God says, no, I want you to be a part of another ministry, not that ministry. You know, God God has picked out people to be a part of that, that ministry He doesn't want you to be a part of. It's okay. It really is. But you know, there's something inside some of us. There's something inside some of us that, boy, we just have a hard time saying no. You like that? Yeah. It's okay to say no. In fact, it's godly to say no sometimes. I'm going to do your next pastor a favor. I'm going to tell you a story real quick. Okay? 
You know what I found out when I was pastoring? I found out people would come up to me all the time and they would say, Pastor, I really think that we need to start doing this or that. We need to start this ministry. We need to do this. We need to do that. And you know what I found out? What they were really saying is, Pastor, you need to start doing this. You need to start doing that. And, and, and it, you know, I'm a slow learner. Took me a while. But after I got that through my brain, I decided, you know what? I'm not playing that game anymore. And so when people would come up to me and say, Pastor, you know, there's a great need here, and, and we need to be a part of this, and, and, and I'd say, man, I think that's a wonderful idea. That's a fabulous idea. You know, God has laid that on your heart. Why don't you lead it? Why don't you head it up? Oh, no. No, no, no. No. No, no, no. God, God put it on your heart. You lead it. No, I want you to do it. You know what? I think that's a great thing, but God didn't lay that on my heart. And, and, and you know what? If you want to love your new pastor when he comes, don't do that to him. If you think there's something wonderful that y'all need to be a part of, come to him and say, Pastor, this is something we need to be a part of, and I'll, uh, I'll lead the charge. He will love you. <laughs> he will love you. So, anyway, go for it or say no to it. I don't know if you guys, some of you guys in business have, have probably uh, read the book, you know, From Good to Great. And, 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 and many times we sacrifice great because we're about doing good. Another way of putting that in more spiritual terms, sometimes we sacrifice everything that God wants us to be because we're about doing things that, that maybe somebody else could do. They're good things. They're, they're not bad things. They're, they're fine things. But maybe they're not exactly what God wants us to do. And guys, I want to tell you, I believe this with all of my heart. And I wouldn't, if I didn't believe this, I wouldn't say it. I'd keep my mouth shut. Willowbend Church has a wonderful, wonderful potential to have huge impact in this area. You, you, you have unbelievable potential to make a huge impact in this area. And, 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 and you don't need to be like any of the other churches around you. You don't, you know what? You don't need to be like the church down the street because they're already there. You need to be what God wants you to be. And you figure that out and, 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 you, and you distill it down and make it, you know, and, 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 and really, really go for it. But what that means is that, that in the meantime, you know, I'm telling you, people call... Pastors every single day wanting to get involved in this and get involved in that. And you get letters every day, get involved in this and get involved in that. And, and, and for you to be exactly what God wants you to be, you're going to have to say no to a lot of things because, you know, you can't be all things to all men. Jesus can. <laughs> and you can in some ways, but your church cannot. And so... You decide who we are. 
And what we're going to, and, and, and when you pick a pastor, that, that's going to, you know, that, that has a big say in who you call. Because like it or not, the guy that stands up here on Sunday mornings has, has a lot of influence in the direction you, you go. He just does. So, you know, as the old knight told Indiana Jones, choose wisely. I know you will. Finally, what about your relationship with God? You know, what, what we've talked about here today, it presumes a relationship with God because, because all of the scriptures we used have been God-breathed by the living and holy God, but, but they really cannot affect our lives unless we have given our hearts over to that God. Listen to the writer of Hebrews. Listen to what he says. See to it, brothers, that none of you as a sinful, has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. You hear that? All day long, all morning long, we've been talking about making decisions. The greatest decision that you will ever make is your decision about Jesus Christ. Will I accept him as my Savior? Will I reject his forgiveness and grace? And quite honestly, every single time you sit in this room and someone stands before you and opens the Word of God and challenges you to follow what the Word of God says... You have an opportunity that day, that moment, to harden your heart to the truth that you've heard or to be open to what the Lord has said to you this morning. I don't know what the Lord has said to you this morning, but I know this. If He has spoken to you, don't hear and harden your hearts. Listen. Be open. Talk to Him about it. Let him speak to you and respond with an open and pliable heart to do the things that he wants you to do. When making decisions, my Christian friend, pray for guidance. Get the facts, ask for advice, set your goals, count the cost, plan for problems, face your fears, and either go for it or say no to it. But I submit to you today, please... Please do not say no to the love, grace, and forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers you to cover your sins, to wash you white as snow, and to allow you to be born again to a new kind of life.